You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. My new best friend today is Nancy Bird, president and CEO of the new merged entity of the Iowa City Area Business Partnership and the Iowa City Area Development. We discuss in depth the new merger and what it means for the future of business in Iowa City. We dig into her background, including her nearly three years spent in Africa as a member of the Peace Corps. And Nancy shares how her living deliberately mentality might inspire others. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Nancy, welcome aboard and tell us um, what your job is now. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me, first of all. It's really an honor to be here. And uh, I just started last week, so it's all pretty fresh. Um, And so my new job is to support the transition period of the merger of these two organizations that you just mentioned, the Iowa City Area Business Partnership and the Iowa City Area Development Group, who have been, you know, operating for years and years separately, one more as a traditional chamber and one more as a development group, um, economic development group with the core focus of economic development. So these two entities over the course of time, um, and I think COVID advanced it, you know, the uh, focus became less. And I think the demands of today are different than they were, you know, a a decade ago even. So um, the boards and the um, past leadership, which you've talked to several of them, Kim Casco, Kate Moreland, Mark Nolte, um, Nancy Quellhurst, all these really great past, you know, current currently still in, in good leadership positions, but um, have helped, you know, basically shepherd this merger opportunity so that the two entities can be working together as one. So right now, um, you know, one week on the job, uh, the, the big effort now is to really uh, rename, you know, present one name instead of two. Right now we still have two and um, really focus the work and uh, you know, currently economic growth and, you know, business support is kind of the general opportunities out there, right? And they've been doing this for a long time. But for today, I think, you know, the Iowa City area has got a lot of really great opportunities and possibilities and um, Johnson County is growing. So I think what has been accelerated over the past several years is, you know, this really highlighting the fact that some areas are growing and some areas are not. And um, the area needs to make sure that we're including all people and in what that economic prosperity looks like in the future. So things have shifted. And the role of this organization, I'd like to, I mean, the way I'm thinking of it is it's a, almost a brand new organization. It just needs a, a, um, a tweak on um, existing roles to, to focus it. So that's the, that's the workload for me right now is to help provide and give focus to the growth uh, to the uh, organization on how it's going to support a positive step forward um, in, in economic growth for the area. 
Well, good. I, I do think it's um, Johnson County continues to grow. I've told my my fr- friends that you can't stop it anymore. Right? It's just going to it, it won't grow rapidly, but it's going steady, consistent growth is going to happen. People want to live here for lots of reasons. You know, so it's um, I you know there's lots of opportunity. So uh, you've been with the um, you've been the CEO of the Iowa City Downtown District for what 10, 11 years. That that's your background for this job. Yeah, in fact. Um my last day there was uh, June twelfth. So <laughs> well, you got you got a, a so day off. So back to back, <laughs> I had the weekend. Um, but yeah, I was the executive director of the Iowa City Downtown District for the past ten years, and uh, loved every minute of it. You know, I, I still look back a week ago and I lo- loved the team there, loved everything about it. I've told many people I could probably have stayed in that role for another twenty years. Um, because I felt like it had a good framework for what the opportunities were and lots of exciting, you know, things to work on all the time. And yet um, our existing uh, staff there were doing such an amazing job. And, you know, after after a decade, it's time for fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, whether or not you stay in a role for that long, whether or not that's a positive thing or not, uh, Betsy Potter was named immediately. You know, I think there was really, uh, it was a unanimous decision by the board to, um, you know, offer her the job of executive director uh, without a search, which was really smart. She's she's sharp, mm-hmm. so um, she stepped in that role and is you know, it it will be a continuation of service and probably fresh eyes on an organization that's already doing really great things. So I'm excited for her. Um, they've got a great staff mm-hmm. there, uh, and so it felt good to leave leave the organization in that condition and really look at this one as the next the next challenge, the next opportunity. And I learned a lot there. So it's, it's really, um, you know, I've had a, a longer career than in Iowa City. I mean, people here know me for the downtown district. Um, but, you know, I worked 15 years in Seattle. And that was, um, I mean, this is kind of planner speak, but it was a growth management state, which means that all of the policies and framework for growth rolled up from the state level all the way down to the local jurisdictions. In the state of Iowa, we don't have that kind of framework. So everyone's kind of putting together their own framework, which makes things um, interesting. But also it gives you a great opportunity to do some cool things that are outside of it. Well, good. Well, in preparing for this um, podcast, I looked some things up. So you're originally from Iowa, Washington, Iowa. Is that correct? Yeah, Washington, Iowa. Yeah. And then you went to, to Drake and got a BA degree there. Mm-hmm. And then somehow you got to Seattle. Yeah, uh, in between. So tell yeah. and then I read you were in the Peace Corps in Africa. So give us that transition from Washington, Iowa, and Drake, and yeah, you know, sure, Africa. Well, first of all, I mean, I think you know the first uh, you know eighteen years of my life in Washington, Iowa, shaped me a lot. Clearly, I mean, I uh, Washington interestingly has been seven thousand people since I left. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Uh, you know, it's far enough away that it enjoys the growth of the Iowa City area and the hospitals. And there's a lot of people that commute up back and forth, but it's still a farming community. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad's a farmer. He he says he's retired. That's a question. You know, he still is <laughs> on the farm and doing things. And my mom is a retired um, teacher. She taught remedial reading and um, they're kind of, it's fun to walk around with them in Washington, Iowa, because people still come up to my mom and say, you know, they're doctors and lawyers now. <laughs> right. and they're like, I remember when you helped me, you know, cause they were having trouble reading. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, she, she's amazing. And, um, just, you know, salt of the earth people who they're service oriented and, uh, you know, I have three sisters. So we all grew up in Washington. 
survived the farm crisis, you know, remember that oh, yeah. shaping, you know, as a teenager, that was inter you know, really like eye opening, like how you stay in a family unit when, um, you know, all these things are kind of crashing economically around you and yet not understanding what that is as a teenager, you know. Uh, I remember my parents presenting to us girls. I've, you know, with three sisters, no, no sons, you know, for, for the farmer. We were out there. We helped where we could, you know, but um, just saying, hey, this is a time where, you know, you might need a pair of extra jeans, but maybe you guys could share, you know, just like a, the family mm -hmm. sit down, like sure. we're, we're going to get through this. And, um, and we did, you know, and they did a, they, I think they sacrificed a lot and they, you know, just taught us a lot through that in mm -hmm. a way that was with grace and understanding. So sure. I attribute a lot to my parents. Um, but then, uh, so I went to girl state in high school and oh, that yeah. was in Des Moines. Oh, yeah. You remember, remember Girl State? Oh yeah, I remember, yeah. Not, I remember that. Yeah, so I kind of was interested in like the the organizational political side of things, and uh, got into Drake and um, had a wonderful four years at at Drake. And now that I have a my senior, I have a senior now. I've got three kids myself, and my senior is going to Drake. Are you I, kidding? I did Congratulations! Not, yeah, thank you. I did not. Um, I tried really hard not to influence that decision. She looked at and got into a lot of really great schools. But at the end of the day, you know, you kind of walk on the Drake campus and it's kind of cool, you yeah. know, and I think she was captivated by it. And um, it's just a good school. They promise you that you'll get out in four years, which every parent loves that. Right. Right. <laughs> so so from Drake, um, you know, I, I really studied political science and um, I, I, foreign policy was something I was interested in. And, you know, when they when you get out of school, I mean, I really feel for all these any senior, it's like, well, what do you do now? I mean, you either really super know what you want to do or you don't, which I got out of school. I knew what the field was about, but like, where do you want to work? You know, it's a question. So I'm like, well, you know, and, and in those, in the coursework at Drake, they brought in uh, returned Peace Corps volunteers. So they told fascinating stories. I mean, it was just like the storytelling was amazing. Um, and they were from all over the world. And we probably had two or three different classes and foreign policy classes where they would come in and, and share what it, what it looks like. You're not just reading it out of a textbook. So I think those connections kind of seeded the thought to apply. Um, uh, and, you know, which is kind of another kind of funny thing. Um, when I was in high school, my parents, you know, I got, I kind of had a lead foot. I had, I got a few speeding tickets and my <laughs> parents said when I was like 17 or 18, they said, you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for your insurance or, you know, this is, this is what happens. You know, we all go through it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in rural Iowa, it's really hard to figure out a, a place to work without being able to afford the insurance and or without a car. Like there's just, it was hard when you're living, mm -hmm. you know, five miles outside of town. And I worked in a high V typically. And so uh, my sister did this and had some success at it. So there's this nanny agency. So I applied to this nanny agency to, to work as a nanny somewhere. They don't really tell you where. And the agency, I think, was out of Cedar Falls. So my sister Carrie did it. She went to the East Coast, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the adventure piece was appealing. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I um, became a nanny, um, you know, because of that, really because of the insurance thing. And, but it sent me to San Francisco. So I lived with this family in San Francisco. So I continued to, um, during my school time during Drake, I continued to go back and forth to San Francisco and support one or two families there. So Drake was great, and uh, my home uh, vacations during summer sometimes were sent on the West Coast. And uh, lo and behold, one of the people that I stayed with, or what I nannied for, they also, the, the dad was a return volunteer. 
And so we had some, you know, great, great times discussing that. So when I got out of college, out of Drake, and I graduated, I applied. I went out to San Francisco, I stayed with them, and I thought, well, if I get in, I get in. And if I don't, well, I'll just look for work out here. So I, I got in. So that's what, if you say you don't care where you're going to go, then they typically put you in like, <laughs> I learned this later. Mm. Other people said, hey, I care about where I want to go in the Peace mm. Corps. I want to go to Eastern Europe or mm. South America or wherever. I just said, you know, hey, put me wherever you, wherever you got. And so I ended up in West Africa because my really connected to like my farm experience was, it, which is kind of a, I won't say a joke, but <laughs> right. my dad was a farmer, right. right? I, you know, helped with things that he needed help with, but. Um, but so I went to West Africa to Niger, Niger in English. Niger is kind of how you, most people say it, which is um, north of Nigeria. It's in sub-Saharan Africa. And, um, uh, you know, I took French in school, so it's French speaking, which also like, you know, 20 years ago I could do it. Today my French isn't so great, but um, so they, you know, you go through this whole whirlwind experience of, joining where you start in DC, you get trained three days of training and all kinds of shots, you know, uh, and then they send you to an area to train in um, Niamey, Niger. It's a big Peace Corps training site. It's on this big, huge cliff bluff, and it's all walled in and um, they have, it's like a little school up there. So for the first, you have three months of what they call stage or training. And uh, the first uh, six weeks of it is in French. So you're learning all this stuff in French. And then the next six weeks, they start teaching you the local language that you are going to speak in the, lang- in the village you're going to in French. So Holy I smokes. was learning <clears throat> Zarma from French speakers. You know, mm-hmm. So my French was subpar at best, uh, but we were all in it together. You know? and, and really, you do learn that 85% of languages body language, mm-hmm. right? You right. can get along doing a lot of things mm-hmm. by, you know, motioning and all the things. So spent three months there with a group of about 40 people. And then we split up all over the country of Niger. And I ended up uh, north of Niamey um, in a in a small villa, small is, you know, it's geographically very small. You could walk across it in 10 minutes. It's not very big, but, you know, they had like 7,000 people there, all, you know, kind of just households of you know, 15 people in a compound or more. So, um, and these, you know, it was all like mud brick, you know, you live in mud brick homes with thatched roofs and, mm-hmm. um, and then the adventure really began. So. How long were you there? I was there for uh, two and a half years, wow. essentially. And, you know, six months of it was pretty, uh, you know, you feel kind of like dead weight because you can't communicate very well, right? So, but, you know, families adopt you and, you know, they send their kids after you, you know, to help you. And, uh, you know, it's really Africa in, in that place is one of the poorest areas in the world. They, um, in, in Niger, they're, sub-Saharan Africa is really the edge of, of the Sahara. So they're really working to stop the desert from moving in. Um, you know, they don't have any fuel. So they're looking to, a lot of people have cut down trees just to like, you know, burn, burn for, you know, preparing food. Uh, it's a fairly... Um, it's bleak in its climate for sure. And so a lot of the uh, things that you learn from the Peace Corps is like, how do you share new techniques in farming to people who have been in this area for a long time? Mm-hmm. So like mango grafting, can you improve the mangoes that they have there through simple techniques? So you learn how to do this during the training. So mango grafting, digging wells, you know, their well water came from, they would dig uh, dig holes in the ground. The, the water table wasn't that 
wasn't that deep. So you could dig to it, but the, I mean, you're, it's like you're drinking a mud puddle, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I, I do remember it was really, really eye-opening. We went through this whole training on um, building cement molds and so that you could really have permanent well water instead of digging it up every year. I mean, they would just collapse in. So um, we did that. We went through this kind of water purification opportunity and nice, clear, clean water. And they just had never seen it like that before. So they, it ended up where because the water flavor was different, which you can, you know, everyone, mm. oh, this water is good or bad. I mean, mm. you can really tell. It was so different to them that the livestock was getting the clean water because they were like, it's just, it doesn't taste what we know it to taste like. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, that's like the whole like, okay, their culture will eat strategy right. for mm-hmm. lunch, right? So a, an early memory of how much work you can do, but if you're not bringing a whole community around in the education of why, uh, it's, you know, you can... The best, the best of in, of intentions can can falter. So well, that's a great story. So there you went to Seattle, then you got here. Let's, but I want to focus back on the, your new position. Yeah, yeah. So explain to me, sort of um, the vision is that uh, ICAD. I guess my impression of ICAD was it was like a business recruitment group, and the I call it the chamber. The business partnership was more, you know, servicing membership. So mm-hmm. do you see this. And as far as the growth and the opportunities, what what's going to well, look out three years? What sort of yeah yeah your um, vision? Well, it, um, the the vision vision is a big word, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the way I would look at it, uh, you know, the the vision is to support positive economic growth in this area, right, where people are mm-hmm. prospering. So that vision, that's it. However, in order to reach that, I I think that the presentation of the work is really on the approach. Well, how are you doing that, right? Because there's, you could ask, you know, 10 different people, 10, you know, they would answer with different different answers. So um, with a, uh, an organization like the Chamber, who's been a business advocate, right, for years, um, it's really um, one of the things that they do is the, these events that connect people, right? And they're important events. People really are finding community there. They're sharing they're connecting, um, you know, the business to business opportunities and just, you know, establishing a climate for for this is a, a great place to, to work and you're going to meet colleagues and all those things. So that's a that's an important function. Um, the other piece of it that we've heard, you know, loud and clear is that the business community in general is looking for more advocacy. And there's a lot of um, there's, you know, advocacy is a, a Certainly something, I mean, we've, the downtown district had a great advocacy plan and people understood it. They understood how we were working through it and it was local. One of the things that's a little bit different here is that um, uh, the chamber does that really well to, for state politics and state, you know, advocating for um, um, elements that where we need state support or what those, you know, what the, the laws should be. And I'm sure all of you have heard lots about that. Um, but locally, it's a little bit more challenging because some of the uh, cities are partners in uh, the organization. So they're, they're providing funds and, and to support that, the, those entities. And so the advocacy then has to be shaped in a way where the cities feel comfortable that you're not going to lobby against them uh, for, you know, to lower taxes or whatever sure. it is mm-hmm. when they're contributing funds. So that's been something that this organization is going to have to walk through. And I do think that there's some opportunities there and, and ways to do it. No, number one, 
it may just be through having conversations with our local municipalities about how they already or currently connect with the business community. Are they hearing feedback um, in organic ways that aren't so, you know, like lightning bolts every time something changes? And I think that's something that we can work on. Um, a, a good example is that, you know, every, every municipality has commissions, right, or, or councils, and they're developed for certain reasons. Um, it, I know that there's probably some sensitivity about adding bureaucracy or another council, but where it makes sense, it might be a really good idea to have more direct input to council members about what some of the policies and regulations that they're charged with uh, maintaining or stewarding, what they mean or how they impact local business owners. So you, have, you can have a variety of business owners represented on that council, and it can help inform without papers or all those things because you're just having really good conversations back and forth in the public domain. So there may be some systems work like that that we can work on to make sure that the business community feels heard um, in, in city government. And right now, I think that's one of the questions, whether or not they, they do. I mean, that's what we've heard. Or maybe it's whether or not the organization has actually gotten up and advocated, the chamber advocated in ways that the business, some business owners feel like they should. Um, we're in an interesting area, though, uh, Johnson County. It's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, they say this a lot. It's kind of fiscally conservative, but socially liberal, right? Mm -hmm. So some of these policies, there's not, a, there's not necessarily consensus in the business community about how to advocate. So those are things that you kind of have to iron out by walking through a very similar process than what you do with how you advocate to the state or how you kind of lobby to the state. So that's a decent amount of work. But if that's something that is important to these stakeholders, then that's a path forward we can take. No, it's, it is confusing. The, really, the traditional right now liberal conservative split in the, in the state of Iowa, where the state has become fairly conservative, Johnson County is clearly most liberal so mm -hmm. it's and, and, and we feel it locally but i don't know i assume well we all get along and it's strange as i, I think about people say how does the why is the county growing what's the secret i say you know i don't know i think it might be bike pass i don't even write about it <laughs> but you know, it's really this what i call the amenities the quality of life it's the yeah. richard florida theory that people want to live someplace where there's a quality of life 100 and also I think this uh, welcoming of the um, immigrant community, the minority community, that that, that has it, it sets the tone. It does. It's, it's it's a fine line, you know, where it all goes. But you know, I guess I guess I'm a, as you know, I'm a big fan of the South Business District. But you know, Angie Jordan and that group has they've told me that they would not be around if you didn't support them. But that was you know, downtown district was you weren't scared of them competing. We're in no. this together. So it's yeah. it's I don't know. There's you know. I guess yeah. we always find the middle ground, right? Yeah. Well, and with that, you know, the the Angie already had a huge charge. I mean, she was the champion of that area through the South District Neighborhood Association and believed in that community and got the stakeholders. She did like, you know, when we were talking about the water wells, she already did the inf information to share like why this is a good idea. Everyone was on board. Right. So there's technical elements like a SMID or self-sustaining metropolitan improvement district that can help fund it. So when you marry up the technical elements of people who are championing these neighborhoods, you know, all kinds of great things can happen and is, and it will sustain itself. So uh, excited about that area of town. Well, let's talk about sort of who you are. Do you, uh, yeah, I know you have three children mm -hmm. uh, and the one just graduated, I realized. Do uh, you take vacations or, I mean, I, I like to waste time. Do you ever <laughs> waste time? Um, well, <clears throat> that's a really good question, Tom. Um, 
actually, when you say waste time, I no, I I it, like <laughs> I don't know how to do it very well. And because like my you know when time is sort of a premium, which is how I feel about it, uh, I being deliberate with the time that I spend is important. So with vacations and things like that, I'm you know we're really fortunate. My um, my husband Steve, he's a, a St. Paul guy, came from Minnesota. And he uh, and his family uh, went back and forth between Twin Cities, but really St. Paul. He's a St. Paul guy. So not to be confused with Minneapolis <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> and, uh, and Wisconsin. And so they have, a, um, they have a little cottage up there and it's like really um, bare bones. There's no TV or, mm. I mean, it's, you could walk in, it looks like the 1950s. It's not changed much. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, in the summers, get away up there. Well, it's a short drive and our kids go up there and they spend time in uh, Hills Lake and jumping off the dock and pretty, pretty simple stuff, but it is a great way to unwind. So typically, you know, we always have summertime there, a little bit of summertime there when we can, and he splits it with all of his cousins and they have a big calendar and all that stuff. But otherwise, you know, short trips are kind of where it's at. You know, I like to take short trips to uh, spots with my sisters and husband and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the name of the game. Kids are so busy. It's hard to get them away. Sure. You know, they're in uh, swimming. My middle kid swims and um, my youngest is in basketball tournaments. And so we do a lot of tournaments, traveling for tournaments. So do you have two girls and one boy? Two girls, one boy, yeah. And the boy's the youngest. He's uh, He'll be a freshman at City High next year. And then I'll okay. have a junior, Kate's my junior swimmer. And then uh, Elizabeth is heading off to, to Drake. So three, I had at one point three under four years old. That's where we started. Right? <laughs> it was a busy, busy early part of the life and now it's it's just gotten better well before we wrap up why don't you um do you have any um like i call it rules of life or things you sort of you know use to manage yourself or share with people or, or your children yeah well that's a um i i think some of those rules of life are probably instilled in me in my early years with my parents they're just like i said salt of the earth you know um making sure you're surrounding yourself with good people that stay positive, that are um, service oriented. I think that's really important. And um, I have just enjoyed, enjoyed the uh, organize, organizing components of that, where I really think if you've got a good structure or goals in your life, you know what you're doing and that's your framework, then all the other things, you know, can kind of be guided by that. So um, I've seen a lot of systems. I've worked in a lot of different like locations with different varying ways of community organization and, you know, making sure that, uh, I, you know, being a good listener and, you know, really taking to heart that cultural element and understanding it well sure. is, uh, mm-hmm. really important. But, um, I don't know. I don't think anything over the top, just, you know, <laughs> that's okay. Keep, keep, keep moving forward. Keep it positive. Yeah. Keep it deliberate. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming today. It's been delightful to have Nancy Bird here today talking about her new position as the CEO of the Iowa City Business Partnership and the Iowa City Development Group. And um, um, the future is bright. I, there's strong support for what you're doing. I've, I've heard lots of people comment about what an excellent leader you are. So um, I'm looking forward to following you along and helping if I can. So Hey, thank you, Tom. It's wonderful to be here and I will hope to be best friends for a long time. We'll see you on McGowan Avenue. Sounds great. Tom's new best friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.